exegesis. Gather denizens around the hearth. The smiling suitor will take your coat and scarf. Find a comfortable spot and open your ears, for Piper is here with tales of cheer and Becca and Fagin, the jazz rock Jesus. For it is Christmas, a time for exegesis. Yes, listeners, it's our Christmas special. Um, Andrew is head to toe in tinsel, and we're getting ready to discuss Charlie Freak, the penultimate track on Steely Dan's 1974 album, Pretzel Logic, Are You Feeling Merry, Suter? Well, it is, uh, it's August. Are you feeling merry, Suter? Well, I mean, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling sad. Why do you just, why do you puncture my, you know, I've built this, I built this scene, I went to the trouble of writing a poem, tried to conjure up a Christmasy mood, and you just go, it's August. Well, the thing was, I got a little bit um, preoccupied with your half rhymes. You know, like, I appreciate the effort you went to in writing a poem, but I feel like the, the genre that you were aping, it would have sounded better with full rhymes. Do you try rhyming anything with exegesis? Pieces. Pieces. Exegesis. Yeah. Exegesis. Don't try and tell me that's a full rhyme, you Luddite. Um, I, uh, yes, no, so, yeah, just to be absolutely clear, it's not Christmas. Um, this episode is going out in early August. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, it will be on the internet forever with no context. So, yeah, it is necessary that we point that out. Do you know about the, uh, the Czech tradition... Uh, festive tradition of the golden pig. The golden pig? Mm. No. So what they do is they get a little um, cutout of a golden pig made out of sort of translucent material mm-hmm. and then they hold it over a torch and they shine it around the room mm-hmm. but in such a way that children are sort of like uh, surprised by it. So it's like okay. the, the kids are waiting for the golden pig and the adults are kind of like you know under their jumper or whatever holding the torch. And then they'll suddenly flash it, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's the golden pig! It's the golden pig!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what's the point in this? Well, it's Christmas. I'm feeling merry. I'm head to toe in uh, in an elf costume. Catalan's got an odd one, hasn't it? Like, isn't it? Isn't it where like the Catalan Christmas tradition is all the children hit a, an effigy of a shit with sticks or something? <laughs> is that, like is they, that true? Like, like, like they beat a um, anthropomorphic shit to death. Are you just are you riffing? No, I absolutely not. Uh, that's um, odd. Catalonian Christmas shit. Um, in the run-up to okay, let me let me read this uh, in full. I was just reading the Google preview there. Yes. Oh no, it's a shitting man. I think. <laughs> right, and they get the shitting man gets beaten to death. Maybe, maybe the maybe I imagined the shitting man getting beaten to death. It, it, there's a shitting man in their in their nativity scenes, basically. Like oh, okay. Jesus is in the in the cradle. The mother of God is radiant. Mm-hmm. Um, cows and goats look on, and then a yeah. man does a shit in the corner. <laughs> Why? What does he? What does he? Well, represent? well, let's be honest. Probably that's probably more historically accurate, considering well, the lack yeah. of proper uh, plumbing facilities—not uh, plumbing facilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the facilities. the ox, the ass, and the camel were like invented in the nineteenth century. Were they? I mean, not that. Sorry, not the animals themselves. I mean. No, I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the manger scene, uh, it was all invented by Christina Rossetti in in uh, in the Bleak Midwinter. Hmm. Yeah. How very interesting. But you know what I, I think the most absurd Christmas tradition is, Ollie. 
Is it uh, consumerism, Peter? <laughs> that's that's uh, number two. That's the second most ridiculous. No, the, the, the most ridiculous tradition to me is believing uh, in Jesus Christ. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Um, Am I right? <clears throat> no, I respect all religions and beliefs. Uh, so uh, let's go back to your um, your Czech tradition of the of the golden pig. Yeah. Do you stand by that? What do I think? It's correct. No, I mean, do, were you were you riffing? No, no, that was well. Some when I was in the Czech Republic, somebody told me that, and I didn't fact check them because they were Czech. So I thought, well, why would why would I? Yeah, sure. Should we ask the Czech? Should we ask a Czech person now? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Do you know a Czech? Yeah, I know a Czech. Hello. Hi, Vojta, how you doing? I'm okay. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, we're just recording a podcast. Yes. You, you, are, um, you are being recorded right now, just to warn you. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, are you okay with that? Yeah. I just, want to run, I just want to fact check something that Andrew has said. So, so at Christmas time, Czech, uh-huh. Czech parents have a little golden cutout of a pig... <laughs> Which they put over a torch and shine around the room, and you have to chase the pig. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> might be. My parents haven't done that, but there's something about a golden pig. There is something. There is something about a golden pig. There's a golden pig tradition where you're supposed to fast until until you know Christmas Eve dinner, and if you do, then you're gonna see the golden pig. Okay, so okay, that, that, that makes also, a lot. Mm-hmm. If you bounce sunlight off a mirror on the wall and sort of you're chasing that little beam that it leaves, we call that chasing a pig. Okay. So it's possible that there's like some whatever golden pig, but I'm I'm not familiar with it. Okay. So, so it's, might have to do. So what the golden pig is uh, is is a way to is a way to encourage children to get involved in like in in fasting in in these kind of in the in the christmas religious penance of fasting yeah i believe so it's you know obviously that it's just a very simplified version where you just don't eat sure until dinner time on the 24th but understood it's like sort of a introduction into fasting i guess cool and did uh, does anyone any one of your friends or anyone growing up did they chase a golden pig around the room that was projected from a torch i i don't know i don't want to lie it sounds somewhat familiar but i don't recall no it doesn't like i cannot picture it happening okay so i don't know voita thank you so much (laughs) no worries yeah okay bye bye now Bye. Um, I was fully expecting you to be proven completely wrong. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm happy to see that you didn't completely go down in flames. I don't think you are. I think you were palpably disappointed when, uh, he, yeah, when he said it was somewhat palp- familiar. I was palpably disappointed. Yeah, but yeah. I think is it possible you were being slightly trolled by the Czech who told you that they chased the projection of a pig? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, or perhaps I, it was just their family tradition. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what it sounds like to me, and I don't want to cast any aspersions on the Czech people, who, in my experience, are very hospitable and, and uh, lovely, um, but it sounds a bit like they're essentially starving their children to the point where they're hallucinating, and they can be they can fob their children off with the apparition <laughs> of a golden pig. 
Because the kids have just got like dancing lights in front of their I eyes. Don't think they're, they're so hungry. Did you listen to anything he said? They 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 just don't eat before dinner on Christmas Eve. Come on. Um, anyway, the re- okay. What we haven't explained mm. is why we're we talking about all this Christmas shit at all. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is that I've been hyping up Charlie Freak, the subject of today's episode, as Steely Dan's <laughs> Christmas song. Yeah. I mean, without without sort of going into the lyrics or the music or any sort of judgment, what do you do? You agree? Do you think this is roughly a Christmas song. I think there's there's, uh, there's a, a Christmas breadcrumb trail in the lyrics mm-hmm. and in the music. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll ne- they'll never be one again. So enjoy it while it lasts. Get your expectations up for a, a song about a bunch of losers. Does Donald Fagan have a cock ring? Well, if he does, I'm not one to judge. As we get older, we all lose a little bit of um, rigour mm-hmm. in the areas. Um, you know, so maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? We'll have to ask him when he finally comes on the podcast. Yes, that'll be our first, first que- question. First question. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, have we exhausted Christmas chat? Do you want some song facts? Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, so uh, look, song fact. I'll get through these really quick, mm-hmm. right? Because there aren't any. What? Okay, so one of these is a reused song fact, although it's still relevant. The other one is not even a song fact. It's a song speculation because I haven't I haven't fact checked it. Number one, this is Skunk's joint favorite Steely Dan song. Right. You might remember his other one was Razor Boy. I oh, right, brought that right, up in the Razor Boy episode. Um, so yeah, this and Razor Boy are Skunk's favourites. Great choices, Skunk. Also, this might be the only Steely Dan song with sleigh bells. I haven't checked, but I highly doubt any others <laughs> <laughs> include sleigh bells as percussion. Yeah. Um, and then the covers this week are actually like are actually kind of good. They're kind of interesting. So I'm not going to force I'm not going to force you to listen to them or anything, but what I will say to the listeners is do check these out cuz um you know, usually when you have covers it's like well here's one person doing a fairly straight cover and here's another person doing a you know a fucking punk rock cover or something. Yeah. So no, actually these covers take it in different directions. So do give these a listen if you're if you're at all interested. Um the first is the Mark Masters ensemble we've heard from them before. Jazz band covering Steely Dan songs mm-hmm. on an album of of said. Uh this is kind of like Fucking almost unrecognisable. Um, it's like it's almost like a Black Saint and Sinner Lady Mingus. You're uh, you're trying to piece. you're trying to bait me with that reference because you know how much I like that album. I I, I do know how much you like that album, mm. but I, that came to mind w- without even you know thinking of your knowledge of the knowledge of you loving that album. Oh, okay, hard, okay. hard, hard. It's uh you know it's it's all these kind of like moaning horns in the background and slow somber funeral marches and things. Um, I don't think it's even the same song. I think they've just um, slapped the name Charlie Freak on on a on an interpretation. But you know, mm. whatever. Uh, the far far foray quartet. They they've done like a, a classic classicified classical music mm-hmm. version, um, or or a more classical musicified version, depending on your thoughts on the original song. Uh, and also the Tuesday Island, which is an Australian folk rock vibe. So. Do check those out. Um, I enjoyed all of them thoroughly. We started using him uh, for percussion and also for piano and vibes. 
fives, 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 piano and fives, fives. <clears throat> What's your vibe? Ding dong merrily on skag. Very good. <laughs> I think that. I think that sums it up. Yep. What's your vibe? <laughs> I've got nothing to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. I think mine is. Let um, me let me just tell you because you know listeners are obviously very impressed right now. They're like, "Wow, how did how did he do that? How did he come up with that succinct ooh. vibe?" So let me just give give a peek behind the wizard's cloth. Sure. Um, what I did was I googled um, famous Christmas carols, and then I googled words for heroin, and then I <laughs> and then I went through both lists until I could. Uh, combine them in some way and sometimes it's, it's a simple method like that that can yield really impressive results yeah because you know we should we should demystify the creative process yeah we absolutely it's, should it's, it's, it's not a god given thing sometimes it is just comparing two lists and then doing a lazy stitch yeah 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 for two and then from, from whence genius came mm-hmm. um, mine is uh, more more heavy and bleak than heroin chic so, uh, yeah, I mean, they speak to themselves, don't they? It's a, it's a Christmassy song about a skag man. Yeah. Can I just say that my original vibe was heroin chic, just those two words. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, well, yeah, that was low effort. Mine improved on it slightly. <laughs> slightly, yeah, yeah. Not much. Yeah, this is... I was disappointed in my vibe. It didn't, didn't lend itself to vibes, this song, did it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I could have, I could have, you know, done a sort of series two suitor and written a whole sort of Dickens mm. extract, uh, but I couldn't be asked. Yeah, do you remember the old days when the vibes used to fill pages? Well, I think that's because for a while you didn't, you didn't quite understand my concept of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just saw it as an you excuse know, to show off. Yeah, which, which, but why shouldn't it be suits? Mm. You know, the vibe has become this kind of pithy. Pun, yeah, but why? For why? We, you know, why not? Okay, well, let's do, let's do a more extended vibe. Let's let that be our Christmas. Would you call it New Year resolution? That's Christmassy, isn't it? For series four, mm-hmm. let us free the vibe. Mm, I hope Steely Dan do. Uh, you see, I don't even, I don't quite know what you're. I, I know you're, I know you're trying to, you know, dig at Dan, but I don't even quite know what you're getting at. What I'm saying is that the vibe is very uh, constipated at the moment. Oh, come on now. I, I started maybe doing more of the music. The music. The music. So, so it was a more complex than music after a while. The music. Hey, it's, it's going to be boring if, if, if we don't add some, some rubby, rubby notes. All it needs to do is hold the blood flow that's already in the knob. I see. Because then it keeps it standing to attention. Buoyant. Buoyant, mm. yeah. Um, on that note, the music of Charlie Freak, mm. I would describe as buoyant. Um, I've got loads of notes, but they're all like skitty-scatty. So just give me, tell me about the music. What do you think? Well, I Googled it. You Googled the music of Charlie Freak? <laughs> I just Googled Charlie Freak. And you know you have that little information panel on the right sure. on Google. Is that mm. what it's called, an information panel? Uh, it's got a name, I do hasn't actually it? Know, I do the, know the name. Yeah. Knowledge Graph. Knowledge that's Graph. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the no- Even though it's not a graph and it's rarely got knowledge in it. Well, it's really got, so really got worthy knowledge in it. Guess what genre descriptors 
the knowledge graph on Google gives Charlie Freak? Uh, jazz. No. Pop. No. Rock. Yes. And classical. No. Uh, folk. No. Children's uh, music. Are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> it says children's music, comma rock. <laughs> so that that's an errant AI. Yeah. Or a a lazy or funny data entry professional, or maybe they the 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 AI bot just sensed a kind of immaturity in the lyrics, or a kind of you know Christmassy childlike atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, um, how I want to approach this, Ollie, is by listing things that I like about this the, the music of this song. Oh well, that's a nice change. Yeah. Because I have serious reservations about this song. Okay. But they are in spite of things that I enjoy. Well, good. I'm glad that you've opened your heart a little again to to the Dan men. So, yeah, go ahead. What I'd like to hear. Well, it is Christmas. Mm. You've got to let the love in Mm. down the chimney of your heart. Mm. Okay, here are the things I like. I'm just going to list them. So I, uh, I'm literally all ears. I've literally turned into a giant ear. It's terrifying. Oh god, <laughs> the the bodily shock is unbearable. Please continue. So, number one, I like the way that Christmas is implied, but not stated. But not. But the thing about this song is that the Christmas vibe is implied, but never stated outright. And I think there's a real subtlety to that. Um, so the piano bit has a kind of barky quality there's something there's some, mm. there's something like chewy I, woody i don't know uh, like like uh dry uh i mean none of this is occurred to me i'm making a joke about bark like tree bark oh i see i thought it? i thought you were saying something about the um production style <laughs> um so anyway the Jesus Christ! As soon as we get to the music and lyrics, we just lose all sense of humor, don't we? It's just like it's just like facts now, facts and opinion only. Well, how about I say it all in a in a in a silly voice? Barky, no, listen, Barky, yes. So what I so I read someone on Reddit described this as classical. I know fuck all about anything, so why I I, I have no comparison points. There's something for, about the ca- classical the, music. There's something about the 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 interplay, if you will. Mm. Of the uh, of the right hand and the left hand of the piano, that to me suggests classical music. It definitely it definitely never does the rock thing of like you play the chords, big crunchy chords, and then play around it. Yeah, you know, it's it's like we've written a melodic, these lovely precise melodic. Rhymes. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what We're it is. Build is, on that. is like in a in a Bach prelude or fugue or whatever, you have these like interlocking melodies rather than yeah. full. Yeah. Chords, yeah. Maybe that was it. Was it was it Bach who was like be, like the counterpoint Don, like the OG counterpoint man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. It's it's Barky as fuck. It's a it's it's the you know it's the biggest tree in the forest. Yeah. But also <laughs> we've got the sleigh bells, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've got. But also, you like the sleigh bells? Well, I like. So I like. You're saying. Well, I don't know. They kind of annoy me, but I. I uh, I just you I, like the implied sense of Christmas. I, I like the implied sense of Christmas exactly, but not the delivery. But not the delivery, uh, and also the yeah, Glockenspiel hit awesome. at the beginning. Is it a Glockenspiel? It goes like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, Bong! yeah. I just I'm saying yes. I don't know, but I know I, I'm saying yes. I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. I like the sort of gu- guitar texture that comes in. It sounds a bit like uh, like a Brian Eno 
pop album guitar sound you know like sawing mm-hmm. sawing ebo thing i don't know what it so is so let's let, let's pause on that for a second you as a guitar man mm. you as a guy who went to who used to drag his dad to guitar shows when he was eight years old mm-hmm. do do you have any idea how they created that effect no in 1974 or I don't know but I think Brian May was doing similar sustained like choral it's sounding a, it's sustained but it's like it's got a slow attack isn't it it goes Ooh. yeah yeah it's like swells of sound yeah I've no idea I've no idea I would like and to maybe know maybe it's just a it volume is, pedal it is cool it is cool yeah that um, was all that was all yeah and I like the way you know it, it darkens doesn't it the song darkens when the uh, that guitar part comes in well, let me tell you about my thoughts on just that, just okay. on a few of the things that you've said already. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, this sat, you mentioned the like those melodic barky runs. Mm. Like for me, this sounds like a song that was obviously written for piano and without any, really kind of any other instruments in mind. Yeah, and the way they've approached the arrangement of it is quite as satisfying. I think like at no, they've kind of gone here's the bass, this like ba- this piano left hand right hand. Dancey, dancey, dance, mm-hmm. um, and and at no point have they gone, um, you know, I'll, you know, chug, chug on some chords for a bit, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they've gone. How can we? How can we keep layering on these sort of these single note melodic elements in a, in a dancey, fancy sort of prancy way? Yeah, um, yeah. Which is which you know I think is if I'd seen I'm not I'm not an arranger, but I've been known to have a dabble. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If I'd if I'd seen the uh, if I'd heard this song, I've heard the demo, and it's like now write an arrangement for a fucking rock band for this song. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know where to start. We've all been power chords. Yeah, skunk had his way. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean. It would be it would be tough, and I think they've not even from a pure arrangement point of view but from like a textual way it's like how can how can the guitars fit in without getting in with those lovely piano lines and they've done they've done a great job sorry i i drifted off while you were talking just then because i was imagining oh, i was imagining so acdc as ever doing uh charlie freak can, would it work I, I my gut feeling says yes it would well i think it i think it potentially could because of the rock opera phenomenon yeah and the sort of shuffly like the shuffly beat, I can imagine ACDC doing a kind of rock shuffle of that yeah. ilk. And then Brian Johnson, the world's worst singer, just screeching like a banshee over the top. Do you know who could do a version and would do a phenomenal version of of those sorts of bands? Uh, Iron Maiden? Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine it going... <laughs> Charlie Freak had just one thing to call his own. I know that's not how the man from... That's more like Ronnie James Dio, but... I agree with everything. Well done. I've got more. I, I've got did, more. I've got more things I oh, like. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. So, I, 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 find the, I find the song as a whole unlikable. Thanks. But you, you, you didn't write it. Why have you, you been like that? I'm thanking you for your honesty. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I like the uh, intensity of the piano part. He's really like, bam, 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 bam. You know, he's, I imagine his his hands just just going haywire on those on those ivories. Keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. Well, that's it. I've said like the drums, and then I've written but find the melody 
and stacked vocals kind of irritating. I was going to say, you haven't mentioned the drums. So, little drum fact. Mm -hmm. uh, Is this Jeff Jeff Bacaro. Jeff Porky Pig um, Bacaro. Yep, he says that he copped the drum beat for Boz Skaggs' Lido Shuffle, which was a hit in oh. the 70s, at least in the US. Uh, from this song, says he like he stole the drum beat and just sped it up, basically. Right, right. So, don't know if you know that Boz Skaggs song, but yeah, little uh, miniature song fact there. That's very nice. Uh, Andrew, I broadly agree with everything you said. You've basically hit all my points. Um, all my notes about the music, which were all positive. The only things I'd say is that this song um, continues the Pretzel Logic side two paradigm of mm. an unusual for the Dan genre experiments. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got a little of kind of you know we said we said at length we really laboured the point that with a gun was a uh, sort of genre exercise in country. Yeah, uh, this is a sort of. I don't know, like a classical Christmas music genre exercise. Mm -hmm. It also has the kind of care and attention of something like Through With Buzz. But whereas Through With, Through With Buzz was like, why are you why are you slathering this weird song in production values and strings? Yeah. Here, for me, it just, it, all those elements come together. Mm. It has the unusual sound for Dan, we won't hear this again. And it has the interesting arrangement choices, and they just come together beautifully in a little Christmas bauble of a song. I have one more thing to say. I was really hoping that would be the last word before we cut. To, uh, <laughs> I know. San Francisco show and tell, but do go on. Uh, you sent me the demo, mm. which is yes. Sagan at the piano and, and some backing vocalist. I don't know who that is. That's, that's probably Becca. Oh, he's, he's if, got... If it's, if, it's, if it's off key, it's probably Becca. Right, right. Uh, so... My, I would say, you'll notice I'm being more diplomatic this episode. I'm getting less uh, ornery. Is that the word? Mm. Um, that is a word that I learned in Huckleberry Finn. I haven't heard anywhere else. But right, yeah, yeah. It just means sort of cranky, doesn't it? Or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Moody, cranky, moody. So I'm trying not to be ornery. Uh, however, I will say that the stumbling block for me is is Fagin. Really? So listening to the demo, so listening to the demo, I'm like, he has improved dramatically between whenever that demo was recorded and the release of Pretzel Logic. Mm -hmm. But I just don't like, I just don't like his voice on on this track, you know. Okay. So like the so the arrangement is fine. I find the the, arra the arrangement we should point out has vastly improved since the demo as well. In case people want to compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah. But it just uh, but on the on the demo, he's just kind of playing single notes. It sounds like. Yeah, he's not doing the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not doing the barky and run runs. So yeah, sorry to uh, you know completely fuck your uh, your segue. No, it's fine. It's a fair point. I I don't I don't feel it. Um, you know, uh, you know. To me, it sounds like you've thoroughly enjoyed the music and just had misgivings about a tiny element like uh, like the vocals. Um, <laughs> San Francisco. Well, before before you go ahead with what I expect to be an excellent show and tell, mm. can I just say while you were defecating, I was scrolling through 
the article on, you know, I mentioned about Catalan Christmas editions, and I and I spun this yarn about hitting, beating a shit to death. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, it's actually you know a shitting nativity figure. Scroll down. Let me read verbatim. While children in other places are content with hanging up a Christmas stocking and hoping for the best, kids in Catalonia go further by looking after their tío, a log propped up on sticks with a painted face, wearing a baratina hat and covered with a blanket. In the run-up to Christmas, Catalan children keep the log warm and feed it in order to fatten it up so that on Christmas Day or Eve, the tío will defecate while they beat it with sticks and sing a traditional ditty, imploring the log, log to shit out various goodies. Give them independence, I say. <laughs> One day, these questions will be answered in a splendid exegesis. Should we talk about uh, your San Francisco show and tell? Sure. It's the part of the episode where you show me something. Yeah, well, it's this one is very straightforward. It took me about six hours. But sure. in, in, in concept, in, in design, it's it's very straightforward. Uh, I was I thought, okay, let's make the Christmassy elements of Charlie Freak explicit. What would Charlie Freak, the Christmas song, sound like? I'm looking forward to this. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Santa Claus has just one cause at Christmas time. Three wise kings could never bring a day so fine. Five nights, no sleep inside. He puts in quite the shift With seven elves arranging shelves of Christmas gifts If I could work my will Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips Would be cooked with his own turkey Walter Becker has to check the inventory Donald Fagan keeps the wagon nice and clean Poor Jim, no job for him He's out of Santa's band And Skunk lets rip, he's jumping ship Grenade in hand Though it's never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket I believe that Christmas has done me good, and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. Bells are ringing, children sing, it's Christmas Day. Ho, ho, ho! Ollie Piper has to wipe a tear away. (laughs) Such glee, he saw the tree, the chestnuts and the snow. Said he wanted so. He wanted so. And Andrew Suter. Yeah. Uh, can I just say I'm impressed. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, 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 I that's the uh, that's the highest effort uh, show and tell yet. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I'm I'm flattered that you dedicated a whole verse, a good thirty six <laughs> seconds of the song, to uh, puncturing 
your perceived my your perceived hipster persona of the Oliver Piper. It's uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah. It speaks for itself. What a, what a, what a lovely and festive show and tell. I can't believe yeah. that you had that up your sleeve, and then so quickly shat on my Christmas joke when we started. Well, maybe I was trying. But to... you were preparing. Yeah. Uh, uh, such a such a festive extravaganza. Well done. Just let's just pause for our listeners to clap, so you will know. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And I'm thank being, you, thank uh, you. you know, genuinely, that's a really uh, you, you. You worked out the song, you wrote some humorous lyrics, yeah, and you inter- interspersed what I think are quotes from a Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. I assume, yeah. and um, an impression, and an impression of me whimpering. Did you just just out of interest? Because obviously, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as you'd expect from from a, a novelty cover of Charlie Free. So you, you know, there's the the there's obviously the the uh, the spoken word interpolations. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's a, 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 some some Wurlitzer piano counterpoint. I don't know whether you picked up on that. Sure. Um, <laughs> did you did you did you follow the the story of the of the of the, the uh, lyrics? Uh, uh, oh, uh, not at all. No, not at all. Okay. No. Well, let Should me I just listen again. Let's listen or do you again. Want to explain? No, let's let's okay. listen again. Just because I I've put so much so much time into this that I don't want this segment to be over in in four minutes. Sure. Yeah. Let's not make. Let's you know the listeners have a rewind button, so let's not make them do it again. But I will no. listen. Okay. Okay. So did you pick it up the story? It gets better with time? every listen. Yes. Santa's Santa's a busy man. Yeah. Steely Dan. It is revealed are his elves. Yes. Um, Fagin, uh, Becca checks the inventory. Yeah. Fagin does some shit, and Jim Hodder does fuck all. Yeah. Uh, Skunk Baxter leaves Elvery to join the Doobie Brothers. Yes. And um, or, or maybe defect to Chris Kringle. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then Steely Dan don't give me a cassette. That's that right. I want. That's right. So it's. Uh, I was just. I was imagining you as a young boy. Sure. Uh, coming downstairs and the Christmas, you know, all the decorations are up, the Christmas tree is glistening, and you're like... And I'd, I'd written to Santa Claus at the age of eight. Yeah. Please, please, Santa, I've been a very good boy this season. <laughs> yeah. Could I, could I please get... I've done all my homework. <laughs> could I please get the digital audio cassette of <laughs> Gaucho by Steely Dan? Yeah. Um, for all... For all my goodwill and labour. But no. <laughs> please, please, Santa. But no, Becca, fucking, I blame it on Becca, didn't didn't give me that cassette, even though he, he has the means to yeah. production, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, well. and, and finally, I mean, I, I shouldn't be the one doing this, but did you notice the, uh, the musical reference right at the end? No, with the, with the With the gong. Oh, that's Roger Nichols. That's Roger the Nichols. The Roger Nichols elf. Yeah. Running into the gong. Oh, you've put so much detail into it. That's like an auditory Brian Roston story, that is. What can I say? <clears throat> I, ha- I, had, I had the afternoon free. <laughs> well, you, you didn't, and we both know you didn't, but <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> that suits genuinely impressed. I don't know if Thank I, you. it Thank maybe you. sounded sarcastic first time around, but, uh, but what you've set a new bar yeah. for... San Francisco, and I'm excited to see what I will come up with 
in the two hours I have spare to <laughs> make a show and tell for the final episode of the series. Yeah, yeah. Somehow we we got into writing these like vaguely sadomasochistic uh, lyrics. Um, not that either of us were really involved in anything like that, but it, it, it just it, it seemed like uh, fresh material, you know. Yeah. Um, Andrew, again, my thoughts, my thoughts are sort of scattered. So I'd, I'd love you to to bring us in. You know, how should we start? Should, do you want to, do, Should we explain to the people who haven't necessarily listened what the song's about? Is that is that? A good, it's it's got a nice simple storyline. This song. So do yeah, you want let's to tell, let's tell the story. Go on then. You you go ahead. Okay, so there's a bloke called Charlie Freak, mm-hmm. and uh, he owns a uh, simple golden ring. Three weighed ounce. Three weighed ounce, pure golden ring, no precious stone. So it's mm. it's plain, but it's made of gold, so it has some value. He is homeless. He has no place to lay his head, and he hasn't eaten for five nights. And he yeah, Andrew, will... can I just can I just say you're doing the thing that you like um, pilloried yourself for, which is where you just read the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it's because the lyrics tell the story better than my paraphrase. I may as well just recite the lyrics. No, no, zoom out. Zoom out. Zoom out. Yeah, it was true. I was literally... Oh, shit. It's true. I was just going through it line by line. <laughs> Basically, there's a junkie. He's got a gold ring. He's going to die. He's cold. He's hungry. Donald Fagan turns up and buys... Not necessarily... Because we just say, not necessarily Donald Fagan. Oh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a basic fact about creativity, that the, yeah. the, the person, the, the lyric I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not, mm, our old friend, <laughs> our old friend, the lyric guy, is not always the uh, the creator. But I just, I mean, I don't care. Mm. Donald Fagan turns up, uh, and he is like, "This is a sad man." The sad man tries to sell him the ring, presumably for money for drugs. Well, not yeah, presumably. Well, I mean, it's pretty much confirmed that that's exactly what's happening. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just, well, I'm saying at this point in the story... <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Donald Fagan's like, I can take advantage of this poor junkie who will die mm. on the streets if I don't take him in. I think, and, that's, uh, I think that's a gloss, but carry on. And, uh, and then uh, Donald J. Fagan, he, um, he's like, I'm going to buy... I'm gonna help, I'll help this kid out, I'll help this kid out, but he pays him like far less than the ring is worth because he thinks he's a worthless piece of shit who deserves to die. So then then Charlie Freak uh, dies and Donald Fagan hears about this somehow because <laughs> the lyric is When I heard, I grabbed the cab to where he lay. Like who's ringing up Fagan and being like, you know that junkie, he's dead, you know. Anyway, and Fagan's like, oh, maybe I went too far this time. You know, maybe maybe I should have showed a bit of loving kindness to my fellow man rather than just taking what I could from him for a pittance. So he feels something, he feels a weird stirring in his gut and he's like, he's like what is that feeling? It doesn't, I don't like it. What it is, is guilt. Um, so he gets a cab and uh, Charlie Freak is dead and then he gives the ring back to the dead Charlie Freak, as though that's going to help him at all. Um, and uh, that's the end of the song. How your zoom out macro um, <laughs> thing of the song had more words than the, than the actual lyrics, I, <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, also, like 
if we if we need any more evidence of your um, anti Dan bias that you've yeah. been developing this series, if if that's your serious reading of the song, come on, man, come on. I was just I was just winding you up. Come on, objectivity. Okay, the lyric I. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't, don't do this. Let's do the whole thing again. Let's not do it. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't yeah. think I, I'm. I'm being. I'm being uh, a little trickster. Prick. I'm being. I'm being a wanker, and <laughs> I don't think that this is. I mean, I do think we, we we may come onto this. I do think that this this song reveals a lack of interest in the lives of of heroin addicts, and I feel like because of the Christmas connotation, it's kind of like they're using. The idea of heroin addiction to make a sort of cynical, like nihilistic point. I mean, I, th- I think one thing that you missed out in your um, in your biased gloss of the song mm. is that it is that Charlie Freak died of a heroin overdose. So did, so, I, did you know, I not mention that? No. So so oh. Charlie Freak, you know, he he had his ring, he sold it on, he he used that for his last hit, his last kick. Mm. That's what killed him. Um, what were you saying? Uh, lack of humanity, whatever, whatever. That sort of only applies if you do put Fagan in the uh, in the role. <laughs> no, no, I think it, I think it applies anyway. Well, why does it apply anyway? Because because what you have here is it's almost like an Aesop here, isn't it? Like it's like it's like a simple fable about um, about you know what what constitutes humanity and mm. how and how that is. Viewed by the 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 higher different hierarchies, you know what what this man has given up his higher his his humanity, his ring, his last sentiment, his last thing of sentimental value. Yeah, yeah. To a stranger who considers him a, a bum, a tramp, you know, and 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 says, yeah, I'll give you a few quid for it. It will help him out. There's some sort of there's some sort of like exchange of currency going on, which you know is what America's built on. Um, I'll give you a few quid for it. Yeah, sure. You've earned your keep, and then the guy goes and uh, uh, you know spends it on the last bit of joy he can afford, and and, and ends his life. And the uh, and and the guy gives him back his humanity. And yeah, it probably is guilt or whatever mm-hmm. um, that that does that. But really, it's about kind of like it, it, it's about you know what what how possessions constitute part of ones, you know human makeup and you see i find this exegesis uh very moving sure but you don't agree with it at all so you're gonna say i would agree with it if the song didn't end with sleigh bells <laughs> i think that the the juxtaposition of a heroin overdose with like christmasy vibes to me has a very like adolescent quality it's like it's it's like you think that Christmas is a time of turkeys and golden pigs, but actually allow me to blow your mind. People die at Christmas, you know. That's to, to me. That's where the, the 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 Christmas side of it like undermines the Aesopian uh, humanity that you 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 beautifully described. I I beautifully scrambled for. Um, <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. If they outright mentioned Christmas, like I would agree with you. If they had fucking got a choir of kids singing jingle bells in the background while the guy passed passed away, <laughs> for a start, that'd I would be, agree with great. you. <laughs> I would agree with you if uh, yeah, in counterpoint, jingle bells and bells and uh, 
Uh, Prancer, I would agree with Dancer, you. Blitzen, Rudolph. I, <laughs> I would agree with you if they said. Did you just flip me it, the bird? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing counting. I'm counting oh, out things. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I honestly thought that Ollie was just like flipping a flipping a bee at me. Uh, uh, if if they started the song with like it was Christmas Day and Charlie was so sad, like I would like if they'd introduced the concept <laughs> he just of Christmas, wanted heroin really, really bad. bad. Yeah, like, yeah. I would agree with you. However, mm. like they they because they leave the the only hint of Christmas apart from it's cold when this story is happening and mm. the general kind of Dickensian vibe. Yeah. Like, the sleigh bells work for me. I agree that it's towing the thin Christmassy line yeah. of, 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 like, oh, that's a bit trite and obvious. Mm. But because they haven't, they haven't layered on Christmas in any other way, like, it, it works for me. The, well, only, the only hint of Christmas is what I've said for Dickensian lyrics and the Dickensian story and, and, and the sleigh bells. I would say that's so. Pretty... I see your point, but I disagree. I think it works. Sorry, I've just I'm, I'm I'm scanning my notes and I've just seen. My suspicion is that they don't give a fuck about junkies. Can we just zoom in on that point of like you? Your suspicion is that they don't give a fuck about junkies mm. because like one of your points throughout the countdown to Exodus's history mm, is mm. that Steely Dan like Steely Dan include like down and outs and junkies and pimps. And prostitutes as sort of a sort of flavour as yeah, like window yeah. dressing yeah. to songs, um, like surely this is what you've been waiting for. Surely this is your human interest story. This is this is literally like a humanising story of of a passing relationship between two people. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Isn't that what you want? Mm. Why does it still fall short of your? Ever increasing standards that you impose on Steely Dan? <laughs> because I, uh, I don't know. Is it not? Is it not enough just to say that it doesn't click with me? Is that? Well, no, do you that's, not, do that's, you not accept that's that? That's fine, but you're wriggling like a wormy worm <laughs> <laughs> because you have a whole like codex of criticism yeah, yeah. levied against Steely Dan. And yeah. for, for you to go, now, oh, well, when they deliver on what I've been asking for, it doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Yeah, I think that's fair, I think that's fair enough. That is kind of fair enough, but, you know, like, it, it, it surprises me. At, at times like this, when I'm scrabbling for something to say, I'll mm-hmm. turn to my usual font and quote S. Victor Aaron, of interviews.com's oh, yeah. Steely Dan Sunday. And he says, uh, the two, Becker and Fagan, usually resort to ironic humour to get their point across about mm. human failings, but there is no humour in Charlie Freak, just heavy-hearted irony. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing, it's kind of like, actually, I think Becker and Fagan score points for not making this a kind of ham-fisted, uh, moral moralizing song, but just kind of presenting a story where uh, uh, people do bad things by accident. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I think. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, just to try and uh, claw back a bit of dignity <coughs> after the <laughs> after the ever increasing standards dig, which really, you know, 
really, <laughs> really skewered me. Was that a dig? Or, or did it just cut a little too close to the heart of the matter? <laughs> I felt your scythe in my long grass. <laughs> I accept, I, I genuinely accept what you're saying. I do think that the sleigh bells undermine it somewhat. That Fine. feels to that's, me... That's that feel, okay, that, yeah. I accept that opinion. My problem with this lyric, right, is that... Now, this is this is, this is is slightly delicate for me because I have just played my own version of this song, mm. right? So I don't want to be... I don't want to sound conceited, but what I'd like to say is I think that I dealt with the rhyme scheme better than, uh, than Steely Dan did. Sure, okay. I, 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 I won't argue with that because I can't remember your rhymes. So I just think that, like, they've established... Whoever wrote the lyrics has established a quite strict rhyme scheme. So it, it's like there's an internal rhyme. So it's like, oh, no, it's not. It's, oh. There is an internal rhyme. There is an internal rhyme. Because I've, I've listed it as a positive. Oh, yeah. So like five nights without a bite. Or like... Yes. Uh, Poor man. He showed his hand. But you see, in my version, I did an internal rhyme on literally every line because I thought that's what they did on the original. Oh, really? Yeah, so I made life very hard for myself. No wonder it took you six hours. <laughs> yeah, it was exhausting. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is that I think that they have overstretched themselves with their rhyme scheme because it leads to clumsy lyrics. So, for instance, poor kid, he overdid. It's like I quite like that. What did he, over, it, what did he overdo? Well, I, I, like the, I like the expression, I like the verb overdid just on its own. And I, and I accept that it's probably just to fulfill a rhyme scheme. Yeah. But actually, but you know, the result, no matter the way, how they got there, I, I quite enjoy. The one that like interests me is, yes, Jack, I gave it back. Because they're, they're using the Jack and back again. And if mm. you cast your mind way back to mm. 1988, when yeah, we yeah. first covered <laughs> the first song on the first Stevie Dan album, do it Do again. you remember how young we were? Yeah, I think I was, um, I was three. Yeah, and yeah. and you were possibly not yet born. It was uh, it was heady heady days. My mum held a blue yeti podcast <laughs> microphone to her belly, yeah, and just picked yeah. up my my sort of. It was kind of like innate responses to the music. <laughs> yeah, just like gurgles. And yeah, the there'd be like uh, the patient would be like, but Dylan, but Dylan. <laughs> But also, my mum would have to interpret each kick. She'd be like, oh, he doesn't like that bit. Or like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's excited, yeah. he's excited. Yeah, no, he wants to mention a Crosby, Stills and Nash number. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Heady yeah, days, heady days. Yeah. Um, uh. Okay, what do you think of this line? Newfound cash soon begs to smash a state of mind. Is that a good lyric? <laughs> by, any, good lyric? by any metric, is that a good lyric? I, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, but you, you said that in such a dishonest way. No, I, you have the I, smile I, of a swindler. No, I, I, I agree. I agree that it's a little clumbo. Yeah, just a bit. The thing is, like all the like I agree. Yeah, and this is a demo song. This is something they maybe even wrote in college or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little as a sixth form poetry to it. Mm. I, I kind of just, I kind of just love where it all lands with this song. Okay. I, you you can't you can't bait me. Well, can I say two things that I like about the lyrics? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, because to me, this has been all musical thumbs up and all lyrical thumb in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. Dig I don't. Your I, way to Australia. Yeah, I don't like the lyric, but I do like the following bits. I like um, 
I just so I think it's clumsy to say. And me so wise, I bought his prize for chicken feed. I think that's a bad. I think that's bad. But I like chicken feed. Unless they unless they are literally taking off. And, and I don't necessarily think this is the case, but unless they are taking off a kind of like slightly overly poetic sort of Victorian writing style. Well, so we, we never got round to this, but one thing I... Another thing I appreciate about the lyric is that Christmas is... is uh, there's, a, there's a whiff of Christmas in things like... Poor man, he showed his hand, so righteous was his need. Like, that could be good King Wenceslas. You see that me that to me is a clumsier lyric than the one that follows and me so wise. But I think that poor man he showed his hand so righteous was his need is clumsy, but it does sound Victorian and florid like a hymn or mm. like a carol. Um, so then why why is the following line which you ragged on so like divorced from that uh, plaudit? Who the fu- <laughs> who know. the fuck has ever said me so wise? Probably you at some point <laughs> drunk arguing with a friend about Bob Dylan. <laughs> I just go. Anyway, I like chicken feed. The other thing I like is embraced the spreading haze. I think that is class. That's a genuinely powerful phrase for somebody what dying a, of a drug overdose. What What about the following? And while he sighed, his body died in fifteen ways. I quite like it, but I think it's too clever for what it's describing. Like it's not brutal enough. That's probably my favourite lyric. I think that's a really good lyric. It, like in compar- in in combination with the lyric before it. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Whereas I, but I, if I was to, if I was to slap the sixth form poetry um, badge on any of those lyrics, mm. on any of those two, I would put it on the embrace the spreading haze. Well, but it's a very swinging beginning of the end. It's a hard grooving, hard rocking beginning of the end, you know. And I think that 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 matters as much as anything, don't you? If we're gonna go, let's let's go out rocking. That's Apocal- what I say. Apocalypse, wow. I don't know if you have much more to say, but can I just finish? I don't. I don't think we're going to reach a consensus. No, this series has been nothing but consensus, apart from the last episode, more or less. So mm. I don't have any problem with that. However, can I just read a quote from an interview? Yeah, I just want to see how you respond to it. Okay, okay, okay. And I don't even necessarily agree completely with with the thrust of the interview, but the interviewer asks mm. a song like Charlie Freak is unusually tender when set beside most of your writing. He asks, he states. And Becca says, Well, I think so. And hopefully those little glimmers of tenderness are all the more effective in the context they are in rather than a constant syrup being poured over our audience. And Fagan says, In other words, without putting emotional limitations on what you're doing, tenderness is just sentiment rather than a true glimmer of affirmation or whatever you want to call it. Right. I got quite annoyed when you were reading that <laughs> explain why i don't know i don't know it's just so it's just like it's just like two guys who are just puffed up on their own talent talking about their method it just annoys me <laughs> just the thing about constants of like oh we we don't pour constant syrup over our audience like these lesser artists you know we we use it sparingly you know yeah, we, but, we mean, give probably, a drizzle of sentiment, you know, in, in exactly the right proportion and the right moment, you know. But there, there's a there's a truth to that. But I don't think. But, but I don't think the song is tender. I think it's. But, but that's where I basically disagree with it because I don't think it's necessarily a tender song. Yeah. I think. Um, I think there's a you know there, what what this song is doing that most Becca Fagan songs don't do is scratching 
it's being obvious about the kind of humanity underneath the surface. Yeah. Whereas usually they'll just kind of they'll just kind of describe these characters and their actions in a in a sort of standoffish way and let you make conclusions. Yeah. Whereas here they they're sort of giving a little bit more. Is that tenderness? I don't know if that's tenderness, but mm. yeah, that's it. It does. It's some. It's something different to their usual style. Yeah, and yeah, maybe by opening that little window, that that it does constitute tenderness. But I don't know. What is the tenderest Steely Dan song? It's probably any major dude. Okay, that is gen- genuinely tender. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. That if if you're looking for genuine tenderness, you've you've already found it. Yo yo, Jay Z, look out! Brian Rustin is 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 a friend of the show. He writes stories based on Steely Dan lyrics. He writes chapters of an ongoing saga based on Steely Dan lyrics. What happened last episode is that uh, Victor, the wronged proposalizer, yeah had jumped on Charlie after Charlie revealed that he uh, he slept with Katie Lee, the object of Victor's affections. Yes. Um, Victor, while pummeling Charlie, mm-hmm. said, wait a second, I've seen you on Kate's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and Victor revealed that, yes, he had posted pictures of them, on, of them together, him and Katie Lee, on Instagram. And the reason he did that is because basically... He was careless because he didn't respect yeah. Victor, and then uh, and then Victor drove off, yeah. drunk while swinging another slug of Grey Goose. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Brian, take us away. Two against the natural grass of a high school football field, part eight. Charlie Freak. Rain pelts my windshield as I sit outside Dave Cormie's house, which Victor had swerved into the driveway of. About an hour ago. Dave's a decent guy. He'd take care of Victor and make sure he's safe. I sit half a block down, car idling, knowing that if I walked in, all of my friends would either beat me within an inch of my life, or worse, refuse to acknowledge my existence, if Victor has told them what happened. I'm surprised when Dave, Victor, and a few others come barging out of Dave's side gate laughing and carousing, as they pile into Victor's car. I notice Victor isn't the one driving. I pray they assigned a designated driver. I follow them, and the world's saddest stakeout as they hop from house to house, drinking and laughing and fighting off the pain of betrayal. They get to the local bar scene around 1am. My car runs out of gas. It's still raining. I eventually get a bartender to tell me where he thought the group had headed after last call, and I grab an Uber to where they lay. The world's saddest stakeout. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's good. And he brought the lyric bang up to date with Uber. Yeah, yeah. What about the details? I've got got nothing to say, but uh, excellent as ever. Well, you know, we don't don't have to, like, critique the Rost. No. You know, we can just just let it lay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I think now is the time to do so. Next episode is the last episode of the series. And we're going to, as as we hear a conclusion to uh, the worst Steely Dan album, we'll also hear <laughs> a conclusion to the best Steely Dan inspired story ever written. Slam. Or. Scam. 
I think we should issue our verdict in unison. Three, two, one. Slam. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, This has been (laughs) Countdown to Exegesis, our so-called Christmas episode. Let me speak. This song is unusual. It is an outlier. It is, like you've said, clumsy in places. It's completely unrepresentative of the sound of Dan that I'm trying to sell to you, mm-hmm. which, as I've said time and time again, will will bear fruit on Pretzel Logic, uh, on fucking Katie Lied. This is... <gasps> Ollie. Sorry. Hello. You know the rust? Yeah. In two You're against... still thinking about Brian Rice? Two, two against yeah. the natural gas of a high school playing field. Yeah, football field, yeah. Football field. The uh, the female character who we haven't met, maybe we'll meet her in the final episode, um, is called Katie Lee. Is that a mm. reference to Katie Lied? Probably. Ugh, Rost, mm. feed me with words. Stay me mm. with flagons of language. Yeah, I think I think you've picked up. I think you've picked out another needle in in the Rost and A stack. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah. It does. It's, it's deep and, uh, yeah, it's left these little gems. I uh, So, let me tell you, Andrew Suter, when the moon is right, mm. uh, this is my favourite song on Pretzel Logic. Right. Other days it's Barrytown. Other days it's Major Dude. Mm-hmm. Some days it's Ricky. Mm. But when the moon is fierce, when the moon is unusual, when the moon is has a, t- has a tinge of green, then... <laughs> Charlie Freak is my favourite song on Pretzel Logic. I, I fucking love this song. Mm, mm. Um, it you know you don't. That's fine. It just doesn't. It just doesn't click. Literally, I can't. You know, I can find fault with the lyrics, but there are a million great songs with with clumsy lyrics. There's just something about this that just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I, I don't know what it is. And I real you know I can hear people who love this song just being like, well, that's weak. Sure. What can I say? I'm flesh and blood. I don't think that's weak, Suter. I think I think what you've said is that you know you've had a you've had a you've had an emotional reaction to this song, as in a non-intellectual. Your non-intellectual response to this song, yeah, um, is is that you don't like it, and that's that's fine. If you had mm. if you had proffered a load of pseudo intellectual opinions about why you don't like this song, mm-hmm. can you imagine? then people would have reason to criticise you. But, you know, since you've just come straight out and said, no, you don't like it, mm. um, without uh, without an hour of preamble, then, uh, you know, I think people can totally respect that and, uh, and mm. you know, accept your opinion. As do I. I think it's I think it's perfectly fine not to like Charlie Freak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was... Like, come on! What, what are you? What are you saying? Why? Well, what are you saying? I, I fully accept, fully accept the charge of pseudo intellectualism. Believe me, but it's just the way, the way you're laying it all at my door, as though you've never indulged in a pseudo intellectual justification for why you like a Steve Dunn song. When the answer is, you listened to it when you were fourteen and you really liked it. Come on! <laughs> Thank you, as ever, listeners. I hope you felt the Christmas cheer 
I hope you had a hot chestnut in hand and a warm <laughs> cider in the other. Uh, thanks for listening as ever. Please that is not like. A pro- that is not a proverb. I hope you had a warm Thank chestnut you. in hand. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound that nice actually. No, it's, it sounds really uncomfortable. Like you're holding it for somebody else while they go and <laughs> make some mulled wine. <laughs> um I hope you I hope you put that warm chestnut down and um and sat down and listened to this episode and enjoyed <laughs> it. Um please also please like us, please subscribe to us, please share us, please enjoy us, please you know, just send us happy messages that make us feel like this is all worthwhile if you really like us subscribe to our Patreon where you will hear occasional bonus episodes about Dan rarities and Dan adjacent content if you don't want to do any of that just listen and listen and listen and we love you and thank you so much goodbye <laughs>